0: Welcome to the SoCal Bike PT Podcast, where we talk bikes, physical therapy, and everything in between. I'm your host, Tim Wood. The SoCal Bike PT Podcast is powered by InCycle Bicycles. High quality bikes, parts, service, and accessories, InCycle is the one-stop shop for all things bike-related. With four convenient locations in Southern California, including Chino, Rancho Cucamonga, San Dimas, and Pasadena, there's an InCycle nearby, so you can get out and enjoy the ride. For the latest updates on new products, events, and rides, visit InCycle.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter today. Okay, welcome back to Episode 3 of the uh, SoCal Bike BT Podcast. Um, we'll start with the call-up for today's race. My next guest has been an integral part of the Elevate KHS team since its inception in 2011. Since then, he's been, well, all over the world racing, including uh, he made the break this year at the Tour of Taiwan and the Tour of Utah. Uh, He and his wife, Joy, are the driving force behind Big Wheel Coaching, where everyone is an athlete. I love that. Uh, Hailing from Yucaipa, California, it's Brian McCulloch. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm good, Tim, thanks for having me. (laughs) Absolutely, so first attack questions get it hard and fast what was the last
1: bike ride you did today with you it was it was good one Where, where'd we go uh there's a local climb called the bench it's yeah called the banning bench and uh, we did that and then we went uh, another little one called avenida miravala end up into bogart park like an old school uh redland classic loop yeah back in the, day, the beaumont stage and then we went up to oakland which is now one of the iconic finishes in oakland and uh, we're lucky it's back
0: the oakland climb was hard i'm glad i went up it it was uh it was a good experience and the descent afterwards was super fun um so thanks brian for taking me around everywhere today uh ukaipa is a great place to go ride and train and uh, what bike are you on today oh
1: khs every day
0: oh look we have it
1: khs every day man yeah knowledge health and strength it powers the powers the best rides i like it what bike is this exactly uh this is a elevate yeah well this one's the Elevate Edition, but yeah. um, it's just a team. Uh, we call it the Flight 900. Nice. So all the bikes with KHS are like Flight 900, 750, so on and Got so it. forth. So this is just a team edition, nothing special yeah. or anything like that. It has our colors on it, right? It looks good. Yeah, it does look good. No, these things are they're great, man. Yeah, I really it went like uphill well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what would you eat or drink afterwards? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you know. I always, much, uh, what
0: are we eating or drinking right now? Yeah,
1: yeah. GQ6 water, right? Whatever, you know. Always have... Uh, Always have this stuff with me. And those yummy sweet potatoes you made. Those were good sweet potatoes. Yes. Those were good sweet potatoes. Always have those. Yeah. And
0: thanks for making me coffee. You've been you've been a really good host today.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I'm not much of a coffee drinker, but uh, my wife is a coffee aficionado, so Tim got some of that stuff. So...
0: Thanks for the coffee, Joy. I'll, I'll clean your French press. I promise. It was delicious. Um, all right. So first attack's out of the way and you made the breakaway. Great. Which is good. You got a lot of experience in the breakaway. Sure do. Um, while we're here, I realized that this is uh, maybe a couple weeks after your CBR kind of race experience. I was a huge fan of you doing that. I thought it was a very important thing that you're doing. Apparently it went well. Like, Can we tell everyone what that was and how it went? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Our goal with the CBR race experience, it was the elite race experience. And it was, I wanted to introduce Cat4s yeah. to the team environment and just the community that comes with like, you know, when you go to another team sport, whether yeah. that's soccer or football or baseball, there's a there's always like that brotherhood or like you know if your girls team and sisterhood, right? You yeah. kind of get that camaraderie, right? And you don't always have that um, in cycling because it can be very lone approach. Very, uh, mm-hmm. you come in, you do your, you know, you get there. Maybe you see a couple of guys, high five them, get out of there. Right. So we wanted to treat them like pro for a day. That's right cool. so i got all the stuff from elevate khs jl villa was huge help got them all jerseys oh, nice like gq6 sent him a bunch of cool stuff topical edge hooked them up and uh we just went out there and we did these races together and we just went through the things like we would, like every race that I would do. Right? I want to see the finish. I want to know: is it going to be a breakaway? Is it going to be a sprint? On the courses, are going? Where's the best places to attack? Are there anything like road issues that I need to know? Oh yeah. Right. So I just went through each of that with the guys, and then we would just ex- try and execute a plan. We develop a plan, and I think the most important thing for bike racers is developing a plan, mm-hmm. staying disciplined to the plan, <laughs> and then reviewing what went well because if we know anything that we've, you and I talked about combat yeah. leadership, but when we talk about combat leadership, we have to understand that the enemy gets a vote, yeah. right? Now, of course, we don't have enemies in bike races. Right. So we have opponents, opponents. right? So, but the opponents get to influence the bike race. Yeah. And that might mean that that changes my strategy. So we're always kind of fighting this dichotomy. Do I have to be disciplined? Is it best to be disciplined? Or do I have to audible? Do I have to change? Yeah. So I wanted to at least introduce the guys to that experience and be able to kind of get them thinking about next level stuff. So when they move up to Cat 3 and so on and so forth, they're already kind of thinking about those things. Now,
0: I wish I had opportunities to do that type of experience. And honestly, I thought about downgrading to a 4 just to learn some things. But it's really cool. And uh, how are the... um, um, riders that participated, what did they think of it? Oh, they were.
1: I was really, I'm biased because those guys were really cool, but yeah. we had a really good group and a lot of breadth, right? Some a lot of guys. We did three races that yeah. day. CBR was so cool, they donated an extra race. So we thought we were going to do two, and right. that's a lot for guys, oh, that's right? A lot of races. But these guys did a third race. They were all gung ho, right? And so I was really proud of them because they kind of each went through just the things that we all go through in bike racing which is like you feel great and you feel 10 foot tall and bulletproof feel okay Mm -hmm. and then then when you're on your knees suffering at the suffer altar yeah right (laughs) right so uh they kind of got to experience all of that and from that they i feel like that kind of opened them up to a new experience so they could be like Okay, now I understand how to maybe ride a little more disciplined when I feel good mm-hmm. so I can feel better in the third race. Yeah. And they now understand that connection, but unless you've gone to that point of fatigue, yeah. you don't you don't know.
0: Yeah, racing multiple times a day is a is a skill. It's hard.
1: And the warm-up, the, the cool warm up. down, the eating in between. And so I wanted to just I wanted them to come and just be bike racers for a day. That's so I get the privilege of coming as part of Elevate KHS Pro yeah. Cycling. I get to come and be a part of a race, and I get to come and focus on just being the best performer yeah. I can be. And I wanted those guys to have the same experience. And we're so stoked. They did, I mean, I was really proud of those guys. I mean, one yeah. guy got second in the first one, race, <laughs> and, you know, the second race, a couple guys got together and they like, tried to, like, lead it out. I mean, it didn't work out, but they tried hard, But man. you learn from it. But exactly, yeah. that's how we learn. So, you know, I always think of it like, you know, cyclists are like kinesthetic learners. They learn by doing, oh, yeah. right? Sure. Hands down, right? Yeah. And so, the fact that they tried and failed, they won't make that mistake again. So yeah. what I wanted to share with them is the most important thing, is just as long as we don't make the same mistake twice, it's no problem. Absolutely. It's no problem, yeah. right? And so if we can introduce that concept to them and then teach them, make it a teachable moment, man, what's not to love? It makes, it
0: makes the sport more enjoyable because instead of week in, week out, judging your performance based on what place you got, it's more like reflecting on what you improved on or like we were talking on our ride about doing a SWOT analysis,
1: a strength, weakness, opportunity, threats. And what'd you call weaknesses? Oh, weaknesses. I, Tim and I don't like these, the yeah. word weaknesses. We talked about it. Um, I think a weakness is like an undeveloped strength. Absolutely. Or a limiter, yeah. right? Like it's a limit. It's just a limitation and we're going to change that because yeah. uh, there ain't no can't. Right? We just do. We're just going sure. to work through it, right? We're going to figure it out.
0: So, you know, teaching, you know, newer riders that racing isn't just about, you know, do, winning or replacing, but if you learn along the way, it makes it more sustainable. You get less people kind of burning out on the sport. You know, they get into, like, I did my first race, is exciting, but I didn't win, and then it's like, well... What would you learn? How would you move forward? Oh, I'm just, I just quit now. Yeah. I mean, we I've only been racing seven years, and I've seen so many people commit 100%, and they race all the time, and then it's like next year, their bike's on Craigslist. Yeah. Like, where's the sustainability? So yeah. I hope you have the opportunity to do more of those camps. We is pretty cool. We will. Absolutely.
1: We will. You know, one, one thing that when I think about cycling, it's a unique sport because yeah. it's if, if you show up, you're one in like the Peloton for the category three, four race on um, that Sunday was 92 riders. So you have a one in ninety-two, 92 chance, chance of winning. Yes. Okay. So there are helpful helplines for that because it's called gambling. Yeah. And we have you know that can be an addiction, right? Yeah. So what's what's interesting is if you just define yourself by wins and losses in cycling, it's gonna be a short path because because yeah. you're not gonna win, right? If you're into soccer, or you're into baseball, you're into whatever, you have a fifty-fifty chance. Yeah. Even a pickup a beach volleyball game, I got a fifty percent chance of winning. <laughs> I'll take, 50% right? I'll take fifty percent chance yeah, any day. I'll take fifty percent any day. It's the best odds. ever had right and so in cycling I think that's really important is just to understand that that our our frame of reference our baseline is we want to continually improve our odds of success so we're just going through and working through that and we're gonna try and create situations or at least recognize opportunities that are situations for us to get better Right, improve our chances of being successful. And that's all I wanted to open the guys up to is to be like, okay, wait a second, right? If it's gonna be a sprint and I have gone in on all these attacks, what does that mean? Well, I probably have less of a chance of being successful because I spent all this energy. Right. So even if you're not a sprinter, maybe there's techniques we can learn and harness and use like positioning, et cetera, to be able to help you get a better result. Because sometimes you can get a good, you can do well in the sprint, not being the fastest guy, right? For and sure. Again, you haven't
0: burned your matches before. And so for, you know, for for those listeners that don't either ride or race, and so there's this mentality of like you have matches to burn. You have X amount of like efforts you can put in. It's being strategic about like when you use those. And so sometimes the constantly accelerating early to do something, you pay for later because you have no more matches. And so sometimes someone who's a little more rested when it comes down to a sprint even though they're not a fast the fastest rider, they'll perform better than someone who is fast but has spent all that energy. Right. And that's like a that's a it's a mind-blowing concept for new riders. Like what well, you don't constantly just go for it. I'm like it depends, but you know, if your goal is to be there at the finish and be as fast as possible, like that's not
1: the best thing to do. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, thinking of it like you said, like this is our energy expenditure yeah. is a limited resource. Yo. And then and then protecting that. And because it is, it's really about respecting it and protecting it because it is limited. Because if I spend it all early, right, like if I'm just like when you're a young kid and mom gives you a quarter and says, okay, hey, <laughs> you want to go get something from the local place. Oh, yeah. Right? You're going to go down to Walgreens and you're going to get something from the thing. Yeah. If you spend it all, you don't have anything left. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. But if you're like, well, I'm going to do five cents here, five cents here, five cents here, right? It's a little bit different. Right? Yeah. Right? I know it's different times now because 25 cents. Yeah. I'm like, this is happen. the Walgreens in like the yeah. turn of the century. <laughs> Sorry. This is Walgreens in 1960s. So yeah. Uh, this is like,
0: you know, you know, 10 pieces of bubble gum or something. That's Maybe funny. that's just
1: a story my grandpa told me. I like I it. Know. I don't know. No,
0: it's a good metaphor. And what I, what I realized the value of doing these type of experiences is like when I was coming up and learning how to race, it was all like trial and error. I never had anyone He was either the two elitists, like, oh, I'm up here and I can't tell you my secrets. Or it was like asking for help was a weakness. So I really mm-hmm. like that you're doing the experiences. And it's a good segue into like um, your role with Joy Now as a coach for mm-hmm. <laughs> big wheel coaching. So, I mean, we had this four and a half hour ride. Yeah. We talked about literally everything, but one of the yeah. big takeaways that I got was your philosophy Enjoys philosophy approaching coaching and how it paralleled with PT practice. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that. So one of my questions I have is like, you know, as a coach, how important is care off the bike for your
1: athletes? And what do you kind of advise them to seek when they need help? Oh, I would, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yes. Oh, Oh, and you know this as a PT, too. Mm -hmm. You know this. Yeah. Right? And and so any of my athletes, I love being a coach because it allows me to be selfish for somebody. Yeah. I get to be the one that gets to say, hey, you need some rest. You need a little more stimulus, a little less stimulus. Hey, you've earned this. Take this time for you. And what's important to me is that I want athletes to be able to check in with themselves. Yeah. And when they check in with themselves, when something's a little twinge, we can address it, yeah. and it's minimal disruption, right? It's not a big deal. Yeah. But when we don't do that, and all of a sudden a little a little twinge becomes my knee hurts, and then I ignored that even more because of course I'm always wanting to toughen up. Yeah. So now my knee problem becomes a pelvis issue, and then all of a sudden I torque my back in an unrelated bike riding thing, yeah. right? Like I'm just, you know, bringing groceries in from <laughs> yeah. Costco and yeah. I'm like, oh, I threw out my back, Yeah. right? Oh, it must be because my back is no good. I need to do more core work. I need to work harder. No, maybe I had a tweak somewhere along the way if yeah. we kind of it's back it. So or I always ex- express people to really work on being in tune with themselves because Tim, if they're really in tune with themselves, yeah we can talk about next level stuff in the coaching. So, so when there is an issue, let's address it right away. Because what I want to do for the most part with my athletes is if we have an issue, I want to solve it right away. Yeah. I want to remove barriers for them because it's my job to help them be successful. I love it. And there's all these little barriers that get put in. It can be a twinge in the knee. It can be like, oh, I got these new shoes but they're not wide enough for my for my feet. <laughs> oh yeah. Come on, you know what I mean? Oh, don't like, on shoes, yeah. Right, right, or like, oh, this or that. Right? Mm-hmm. you know, Oh, I can't wear my prescription glasses on the bike because they just don't look cool. I don't care. I want you to be able to see where you're going, <laughs> right? I mean, these signs sound silly, yeah, but they're sure. real things. Like, let's just dress things when they're small. Oh, when they're small, we can win.
0: Yeah, it's it's so crazy, you know,
1: we were having this conversation on our right about how
0: coaching and whatever that means when you hear that word is a new or still defining itself type of part of an athlete's performance team. So someone that helps them towards their goals. And I was asking like, how do you approach coaching? It turned into this four hour conversation about what is essentially the same way I approach like patient care or client management. It's like, it's more than just what numbers are on your power file and you send it over the computer. It's the person as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so it's super important to have that uh, awareness of your body, and understand the different sensations you're feeling. Because we had this conversation about, there's all these tools in your toolbox, and it's a podcast we say what we want. For those out there who don't know what HTFU means, if you're a cyclist, right, right now you just rolled your eyes. And you're like, yeah, I know. If you're not, it stands for harden the fuck up. And it's this part of the culture in cycling where when the stimulus is not easy, it's just like tough and power through it. And that's a great tool we mentioned um, where you're, your body's feeling good and you're in a race situation, but it's crosswinds and it's raining and it's freezing. Yeah, you need to harden up there. But then sometimes we were talking about how you're out in your normal type of riding and you have this pain in your knee that's sharp and not should be there. That's not the time to use the HTFU tool. And that was one of the big revelations we had while we were riding We were just talking about that. And so I really like that you're making it important for your other riders to take care of yourself, take care of themselves off the bike. Yeah That's crazy
1: Oh Again Just when we're talking about self-awareness I can't stress how important it is Tim To just understand One, of, one layer of that self-awareness yeah. Is the difference in what is pain Right so, yeah. so, so there's discomfort Right So lactic acid builds up in your yeah. muscles Causes some burn Yeah That's discomfort Discomfort That's discomfort You can press through that to a certain degree Yeah Right So we can harden up and that'll be fine Okay? There we go. No, this is okay. This is Everybody's on track. We're good. Right? Like, great. Right. Oh, yeah, great performance. Right? But the other side of it is like, oh, wait, I, I think I just tweaked something. Or wait a second, I'm developing some sort of in really stressful cramping or, or imbalance or something yeah. that we need to address, yeah. okay? And that's when we need to seek like positive touch, right? Yeah. Whether that's from a physical therapist Someone. or somebody, it could be a massage therapist, somebody that's gonna be able to be able to put their hands on you and go, hey, we've got a, we've got a problem here, yeah. right? And one of the things you and I talked about is, we, we, we talked about we have these beautiful bicycles Right? I'm obviously a huge fan of my KHS, but every bike, I mean, these new bikes are just incredible, right? I mean, they're just engineering specimens. They're light, they're strong, they're all this stuff, right? and they're perfectly symmetrical, but the human body is all about asymmetry. Yeah. Nothing, I mean, my ears aren't even the level. I mean, my God, I'm, I'm sorry to my wife, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not the, you know, like, I mean, you not the sharpest looking guy. You have <laughs> organs on the different sides of your body. You have a dominant eye, leg
0: length discrepancy is normal. Like these are, th- we are asymmetric things and I use the word engineer. These bikes are engineered to be perfectly symmetrical. Yes. I mean, my Cannondale, I have a CAD 12, that thing is, amazing yeah i i was not designed to be on that bike right and it was not designed for me right and it's got a there's got a there's a disconnect there right so like you know we talked about bike fits and uh well my favorite thing what we said was the biggest component missing with bike fits
1: well i feel like there needs to be a physical therapist evaluation with bike fit and it needs to be standard yeah because uh, you don't there's so much stuff going on there besides okay, your hip angle needs to be X and your shoulder angle needs to be Y and all these things. Those are important things, but until we can adjust this tool, which is the bicycle, yeah. for us as asymmetrical humans, yeah. right? And I'm not saying everything has to be just, you know, so and you have to be princess in the P, but to be honest, like I can feel a, a two-millimeter difference in my saddle. And I, and I stop. And by the way, I'm not afraid to change it. Yeah. I'm not afraid to change it. I don't force my body to do this, right? And so that's just me as an athlete. And I encourage that for my athletes yeah. that I coach because I, I want them to be comfortable, right? And so yeah. if we can get you into a comfortable position because cycling at a high level is about performance, yeah, right? Absolutely. It's about you are a performer mm-hmm. and you want to be able to have your best output, okay? And you're gonna do that when we're in a comfortable environment. Yeah. And my bicycle is my environment. So if I were to go into your office, right, whether it be a cubicle yeah. or uh, you know your therapy space yeah, whatever, your work environment, I would hope that it's set up for you to maximize your exactly. output, yeah. right? So my office my office is set up for me, yeah. right? I don't expect it to fit you, but <laughs> I hope that your office is set up for you. Oh yeah. Right? It's and personal. so so I want to make I want to encourage everyone to make that personal and and you know on the bike fit thing so much great stuff can come from a good bike fit, but Absolutely. definitely having someone with that PTI, I think, is really important because they can yeah. look at you and go, "Okay, hey, you have a little muscle imbalance, or you have this, or you." That. And you can make somebody aware of things like, "I didn't know that my pelvis is all out of whack, right?" But yeah. again, somebody with great eyes looked at me and said, "Hey, Brian, you know that's a little bit of a problem. We probably need to put you on a different saddle." Because- or even the
0: hands-on assessment to say, "Like, hey, I'm feeling tight here." You know, why? Your average bike fitter, I worked at a bike shop for you know four years before I knew anything, and our fit was like, yeah, looks-ish, and we kind of went algorithmically, but now that I'm at this level, it's a little bit more like, why are you feeling this way? And there's a lot of technology and attention put into the bike and the, the, the ways to fit the bike with computers and all these amazing tools, but we're missing the depth of understanding of the human body, meaning it halfway. So, you know, you do get benefits, but I think it's missing that component.
1: 100%. Yeah,
0: And we gotta give credit. People won't believe me when I tell other practitioners or people who don't ride bikes, you can feel a millimeter, something that's a millimeter out of place can, on the bike. I can, I can feel it. I, the other day I was like, my saddle's two mil too high. I literally got out the micrometer and I moved it down two millimeters and I was like, okay, that's good. I yeah. people are like, are you crazy? Like, no, yes. when you're on the bike, Okay, I, I put in 13 hours last week. That's a Great big job. week for Great me. Great job, bro. Pros, you know, in the off season, they're doing between 20 and 30, depending on the load, at 100 RPM, average maybe an hour. You start doing the math, these are literally hundreds of thousands of pedal strokes
1: mm-hmm.
0: per repetitive week, motions. Per week. You get pretty good at feeling what that's like. Mm-hmm. And so you can't discredit what a rider says they're feeling And say, oh no, that's whatever, that's normal. Like, no, 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 listen to what they have to say.
1: Mm. It's so true. Well, I think the human element is, you know, we're talking, since we're talking about coaching and bike fit and PT, I feel like the human element is something we just have to, it's something that we want to bring to the forefront because as important as, what is your physical output we have to address the human output absolutely right, or the human element right because the body will do if the mind is willing yes right mm-hmm. and so so many people you know we you talk about maybe some sports psychology or you talk about some other things and they're just like well no i just need to i just need to push harder mm-hmm. i just need to push harder well i mean that's a lot like saying you know if you want to like Demolish a house and you have a bulldozer sitting next to you and you just want to use the sledgehammer to take the whole thing down Like, get in the bulldozer bulldoze the house. Yeah, right like you have different tools Let's use them and tools and and one of those tools is using the mind. It's that powerful It's like having that bulldozer. Yeah, whereas the mind can help you Really achieve your best and be rise to that potential that we know you have and as a coach That's what I always look for in the individual Mm -hmm. is what is their potential because all we can ask is that you give your best. Yeah. I don't I don't ask any more from my athletes than just give their best because everybody can sleep good at night saying they give their best. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's Very great. simple. Yeah. Right? And so these things, you know, looking at the athlete as a human and saying, hey, okay, we're gonna we, we have these power, these thresholds and things that we're going to do because we know those are relevant to the goals we have. Yeah but also addressing it and saying, okay, hey, well, what kind of sport have you done in the past? What is your history? What flexibilities do you have, don't have, in instabilities, any of these other things that can then we can understand and bring to bike racing. And it's not even just bike racing. I have plenty of guys that don't even race their bikes that I coach and they just wanna go to like a big event. Maybe their thing is to go to Europe for a big Grand Fondo. Awesome. And they just wanna not be smashed. They wanna enjoy the after party. Yeah. You want to enjoy the after absolutely, it's, it sounds crazy, but dude, I am so I love it because those are the best stories, yeah. They finish, high five everybody, grab a beer, done, yeah, right. Love it. Who's what's
0: not the love? Those are the most memorable days on the bike is where you were finished this awesome thing and you still have the energy to be useful afterwards, absolutely,
1: well, 100,
0: yeah. But on the mind, uh, thing, we were talking about our ride, how and I've noticed this, um, when you're in pain or uncomfortable. Your mind kind of, you know, a pain is an alarm. It's saying, hey, there needs to be some kind of change. Pain, it doesn't necessarily mean harm. Hurt doesn't mean harm. The tissues aren't necessarily harmed yet, but there's an alarm for change. And if you don't address that change, your body's gonna do it for you. So if you're uncomfortable, meaning your fit isn't well, or your body isn't optimized to ride and you're in pain, your muscles will not work. Pain is an inhibitor. And when I tell people this, like, what do you mean? It's supposed to hurt. like. There's the uncomfortable, but then there's pain. If you want to improve how fast you are and your, your your experience, the first thing isn't to run to try and improve your FTP or, or, or increase this power. Look, something that you can quantify and feel good about. It's get comfortable, get stable, and get right before you're on the bike. Let your mind maximize its potential. And without actually increasing any of those metrics, you will be better and faster.
1: absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, this is why riders who don't have world class VO2 max or functional threshold power, all these numbers that people like hold up on this pedestal are amazing professional athletes. It's because they've given their time and attention to getting their mind right. They have a movement system they do off the bike mm. and they understand the importance of rest, nutrition, everything as a whole. So I loved your coaching approach. And like, seriously, if I was going to get a coach, it'd probably be you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh,
1: you're too kind. Oh. You're too kind. You know, I would say this when we talk about, um, you know, you kind of reference something about a whole approach and, yeah. and there's like, you know, um, your wife goes to Loma Linda and they, they, use the, they use the make man whole. Oh, absolutely. Right. They're all about this make man whole principle. And so they understand even at the medical, they are so drilled in over at Loma Linda about, yeah. you know, prostate cancer and this and that and prenatal this and, you know, child That right children's hospital. Exactly. They're so drilled in, but then they come from the premise of the make man whole. Yeah. Right? Because we have to address all of these systems together and they need to work together for us to be our best. Yeah. Right. It's very, very important that you know we can have an athlete that's incredibly gifted and powerful. But if their mind is just out to lunch, yeah. it doesn't matter, right? But And vice versa, you can have an athlete that's 100% tuned in, 100% tuned in and in the moment, focused, doing the best they can, and their body can be unable to give a world-class performance. Yes. But they can give their absolute best performance, yeah. right? So all these things come together, and, and when we look at like that Make Man Whole concept and bring it to coaching, bring it to PT, yeah. all these things, there's just... I want to make sure that we're not leaving anything on the table. And that's something I admire about you, Tim, is that no, you don't want to so, leave man. anything on the table. Oh, right? sure. we, want, we want to help people in every way possible. Everywhere. way. And that's really what it boils down to, yeah. is, is helping people in every way possible and not just looking at them as a sliver of, you know, you're a quadricep hamstring glute. You're a quadricep hamstring <laughs> you, glute. You are the
0: sum of your legs.
1: You are yeah. the sum of your legs, right? That's not, that's not yeah. the way it is, right? Like there's so much more to it. And that's why I love bike racing. Yeah. Because bike racing is about everything. You have to be cunning. Everything. You have to be uh, uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable despite being uncomfortable. Yeah. You have to be smart And at 180 beats per minute. You, you have, have to, to have... be like crazy yeah. in, in tune with what's going on, you know? You have to have technical prowess. You have to be able to fix your shit on the fly.
0: Everything. 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 It's so funny, we were talking about like, you know, I just happen to be in physical therapy, but my whole job is just to help people. You happen to be in cycling and a coach, but we yeah. come from the same. Like we're, you know, I feel like we're really connected. We're coming yeah. we're cut from the same cloth. Like we're here to help people with whatever skill set and letters in our name or afterwards that we have. Yeah. And I really like that. So this has been a long breakaway and I like it. This is this is that
1: those are the breakaways I like. This is the <laughs> long breakaway where
0: you're just gonna outride the endurance, you yeah. know, for everyone. The will. Um, actually, wheel. real quick, you told me that funny story from Tour Taiwan with the bottles. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. Do
0: you wanna share that one real quick? Real quick, okay. Real quick, this is great, everyone listen
1: up. So uh, I was in the tour of Taiwan this year. So cool. And it was really cool, it was a wonderful event. If you ever get the opportunity, you should definitely check it out. People in Taiwan are just so friendly. Wow, super nice. Great food, by the way, great food in Taiwan. Uh, When you're in Taiwan, you need to know one word, ho dada. So just remember, ho dada, bottoms up. That's what that means, bottoms up. There we go, so if you remember that, you're going good in Taiwan. Okay. But anyway, so we're in this breakaway. My team manager, Paul, is like, Brian, you're going to drive this breakaway. You're never going to skip a pole. Like, you know, he just gets me all fired up. I'm just like, oh, let's go. Let's go. Right? I'm not hard to get fired up, but he knows how to get me extra fired up. Yeah. So we're fired up. We're we're rolling. Been in the breakaway for a couple hours. It's hot and windy. They start giving us water bottles to, to dump on us so we can get cool. And Paul's... He's super smart, so he's one of the first guys giving them to me, and he's giving them to me, and I take these, they're little plastic water bottles. Not yeah. not not these nice ones, but they're disposable kind of, yeah. you know? And so, you know, you just put them put put in the back of your put jersey. It, put it in the back yeah. of your jersey, right? Because I don't want to litter. And, um, but some of the other guys in the other teams in the breakaway were like, you know they're doing traditional cycling culture just and they were just the throwing the bottles on the side of the road There's well litter. <laughs> yeah right but i mean you know it's part of it yeah whatever right it's 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 there so anyway so uh the long and short is i didn't know this but eventually the tv camera uh motorcycle comes up next to me and yeah. he's and he's like like he's like trying to touch me i'm like <laughs> What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Bro, what's your deal? Yeah. Like, but he don't speak English, right? He doesn't speak English. So I mean he's like looking at me and he's like making sign language yeah. at me and I'm just like, yeah, let's go hard, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey. Yeah, yeah no. I'm like, hold on, uh, hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I don't know. And so uh anyway, like he tries to grab this thing out of my pocket. I'm like yeah. Oh, he wants the bottles. He's pulling the bottles out of your jerseys. He's pulling the bottles out of my jerseys. What a nice man. What a nice guy. What a nice guy. Like yeah. I got like three or four of them. Like it ain't that big of a deal. So I go, I go get yeah. I go get bottles for like teams eight guys. So like so there's plenty of times when I got like ten bottles on me. So three or four, no big deal. And uh, so he takes the bottles, and come to find out after the race, um, you know we kind of started that where we're giving them back and just not littering, right? And uh, come to find out, the two announcers who were talking they were commentating on the race. Started talking about, oh, elevate KHS, elevate KHS, elevate stewards of the environment, like KHS, because <laughs> so, you know KHS yeah. stands for knowledge, health, and strength. Absolutely. Right. So it just kind—they of, know that, yeah. And so they're like knowledge, health, strength. Oh, KHS, you know, they're, 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 saving, they're the world. saving the world, one right? plastic bottle at right? a time, one plastic bottle at a time, right? But it's just the right thing to do. We weren't doing anything special. So, funny. but um, so anyway, it turns out that there was like a, a tra- like a grand fondo previously, and there was a tragedy, and somebody crashed, hit one of these water. Yeah. M- was crashed. Serious injury. So they're really hypersensitive. But I knew nothing of this. So when I get off, off the, the the bike that day, yeah. like, I'm just, like, on cloud nine. I just lived my dream. I'm in another country. I'm racing my bike. I'm so off the front. Cool. Like, Paul's telling me to attack. And we're like, yeah, yeah we're in it, right? And uh, he's like, you're not going to believe this. The whole KHS factory, because, they, you know, KHS owns a factory in yeah. Taiwan. They make bikes. They're so jammed
0: in the break room. They're
1: in the break room watching this talking about us not littering. Yeah. Right? So here you go. Your claim right.
0: to fame is you're, you know, the hero's welcome for saving the environment. Yeah, no, and preventing not. people from dying. I love no. that.
1: And and I have to say like you know the announcer, the the lady announcer who is like not on the TV but you know at the race announcer, you know, she's like, "Oh, Brian, her her name was um Oh darn it, I forgot her. Joe, Joe, Joe Chi, she was cool. Yeah. She was super cool. She had a thing for my teammate Alfredo. That was nice. Cool, right? Way to go, bud. But yeah, but she was like, she was like, oh, Captain America, no. Captain America. And I was like, oh my gosh, come on, right guys? Like I'm just like I'm like five foot nothing. No like, man, Captain like, Planet. <laughs> like dude, I'm like three foot seven. I'm not even tall. Yeah. By the way. You know. Anyway, so it was a good time. So yeah. we're so, th- thankful. So
0: so you know, Brian's claim to fame and now is uh, not just making the break, but saving the environment and you know lot, innocent lot recreational riders from dying.
1: Exactly. Great job.
0: Yeah. All right. So this has been a very long break, but fortunately you finally hit a feed zone. So I want to know, this is just fun little facts. What's your favorite on the bike treat? Not what you should be eating, but if you're like, oh man, I love this. What are you taking?
1: Fig Newtons. Fig Newtons. Oh dude. Listen. Yeah. Uh, human beings, there's a little known fact, human beings eat in units. Okay? And so like a bag of potato chips is a unit, right? Some people might think two is a unit, but uh, in Fig Newtons, I just happen to know that there's 15 in a sleeve and that's because I eat 15 of them at a time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, so like that's my treat. Like so, I, I I don't eat fifteen of them at a time, but oh, if, yeah. I, if I open the sleeve, they're all We're getting all demolished, right? So there you go. It's that's so funny.
0: Idea. Everyone has that one thing. <laughs> like, oh, that's what I. If that's what I'm taking, if it's yeah. a big day, like, that's what I'm taking.
1: It used to be Pop-Tarts, but like I've moved beyond Pop-Tarts. Yeah, there's not enough filling in them anymore, so I got to get. Oh, the, absolutely. I got to have the Fig Newtons. And man. then
0: you open the Pop-Tart with your teeth, and half of it disintegrates into the wind. Yeah, and then you're really. like, oh, this no. is terrible.
1: No, but you you get good value with Fig Newtons, man. All right, so when you're the other feed zone question,
0: because you're taking a little bit of a break, if you're not, I don't know if you're ever not on your bike or training and you want to go do something fun or to chill out, what is it?
1: Uh, I like to do, this maybe sounds kind of cheesy, but like there's two things that I, I actively. Uh, look forward to and and number one that's like time with my wife and dogs. Nice, uh, that's just fun for me. Like uh, my we have two chocolate labs and they're just like uh, they're, oh, awesome. they're so nice. Yeah, they're, they're the best greeters. I pulled up and they're like, yeah. hey, what's up, man? Welcome, welcome to the doghouse. Yeah, concourse. yeah. So, but anyway, so just that's hanging out awesome. with my wife and and dogs, but otherwise, you know, I really, um, I've recently, probably over the last year, just got into meditating a lot. Awesome. And and that, I find, is really, really peaceful and helpful because I'm a bit e- bit high-strung a lot. You and, and I both. And, yeah. yeah, you know, and so it just brings an air <laughs> of calm so I'm not just like, hey, you know. Yeah, so, I turned uh, up to 11. Yeah, so I really do. Uh, I like those things, and you know, I don't, I'm always down to go like adventure in the mountains, go camping, sure. or trail hiking, or whatever. But I mean, I get so little time of that. So, Absolutely. but I do make time to meditate for sure.
0: So the importance of hanging with your wife and dogs, the importance of meditating, I uh, I, I second that. Yeah, you know, mine's two kids, not two dogs, but it's perfect. You know, it works out. So, yeah. Um, You know what, this breakaway has made it and it's a small break, so there's gonna be a sprint out of this. Oh boy. So, sprint finish questions, kind of hard and fast. Yeah. What was your most epic slash painful ride ever? And it can be
1: a race if it was. Okay, I'll tell you something. (laughs) All right. The first 100 mile bike ride I did, I did what was called the ride around the bear, which is put on by the OC Wheelman, which is a ride from Redlands around Big Bear and back. No. And I had never worn bib shorts before. Oh. I, had, I had a bike that had a triple on it. Okay? okay. I had this triple and I and so I didn't I got my first pair of bib shorts, man, and I was stoked. I paid like 150 bucks for these things. I'm yeah. Like, these are awesome. But I was like, what are these bibs for? Yeah, I don't I I I didn't put the bibs up. Yeah, I put the bibs down for a whole hundred miles. Yeah. So bib shorts, so people
0: don't know, are like if you ever see those Mexican wrestlers where it's like shorts and then thin straps it's that like go through shoulders? Yeah, like a singlet. It's to keep the shorts up so they don't slide down. So it's the standard in riding, but the first time you get them, you're like, what do I do with these? Yeah. So you have these on, how was that ride?
1: Oh my gosh! So I think you know at this time, like I think I'm just like ten foot tall and bulletproof, but I've never really ridden with anybody. Yeah, right? I don't. I didn't even know this big, beautiful world of cycling exists. And, uh, so I was on the climb. I was, of course, totally obliterated. And I remember coming down the hill and a buddy of mine was like, I was out of water or whatever. And a buddy of mine just happened to be there. And he was like, Hey bro, I'll get you a bottle. And I didn't even, I wasn't even cognizant enough to think like I'm going downhill, like 35 miles an hour. I should slow down. Right. And I remember like what I thought was like giving him a bottle, but it was like a rocket launcher (laughs) coming at him and it dented the car. (laughs) Like, full on, my buddy is, like, you know, it's 90 miles in. My buddy is, like, dude, I want to help Brian. This is epic and whatever. I'm just totally wrecked, like, salty everywhere. Oh, man. And I, like, what I think is, like, I toss it to my buddy. Hey, bro, here's the bottle. Dude, and it comes at him like a missile, and he jumps, like, out the way. And it's, like, boom, right in his, like, right in the tailgate of his truck and caves it. And I was, like, oh, I'm such epic such so bad you forget
0: the bottles traveling as fast as you are we've all made that mistake i've been hit by that bottle it sucks
1: yeah so there you go i I don't know if that was the hardest thing i've done ever but that was like that thing stands out the first thing came to my mind i love it first thing
0: all right so then here's a really good one what is your favorite race this could be either to participate in which is a lot or a favorite one to watch
1: i I, there are so many wonderful races that i have been to But I will have to tell you, I am biased and I understand this, but the Redlands Classic is my favorite race. And I'm going to tell you why. The Redlands Classic is put on by an entire volunteer crew of people. And these people are amazing. I am so thankful to see this community and be a part of this community. Like, they're super exciting. So, I I have to say, the Redlands Classic is 100% my favorite race and... uh, Definitely, if you get a chance to come out and check it out, you should do so.
0: Oh, absolutely, I love the Redlands Classic. I've never been fortunate enough or good enough to make it onto the squad to there, but as a spectator, it is the coolest thing to watch, because the whole city comes together, yeah. the, the final day is amazing, and just, people forget in pro cycling, you have so much access to these people. You can walk right up and go, like, hey, what's up, Having a good race today, and they're like, sweet bro, high five. It's none of this like, oh, I'm above you, like they're down to earth. So yeah. I'm glad that you picked that race. That's my favorite. yeah So then we'll finish up the sprint. Yeah, I think you're going to finish strong with this one and take the win. What's a piece of wisdom you would like to impart to riders or people in general?
1: The big one, the Brian McCulloch
0: I always, legacy.
1: I always choke on these ones when you put so much pressure on me. Um, you know, honestly, I think so much can be gained by just listening to our bodies and getting better in tune with our bodies. Agreed. Because there are great workouts and there are purposeful workouts and there's all these things that we can do, but those are kind of second and third tier things. If we're really in tune, if we're honest and we're really in tune with our body, we know, okay, I need a little more of this, a little less of that a little more of this, a little less of that. And it takes time to oh, do for sure. it, right? Like you can't just like, okay, well, cool, today I'm listening to my body and I wasn't yesterday. <laughs> That's, that's really, it's purposeful and it's something you work on and you have to stretch your limits, right? Like the, and, I, and for me, that was meditation and yoga practice and things like that and long rides where you're spending time kind of in the grind, yeah. getting like, oh, okay, I see this position works well, this one doesn't, this, that, the other. So I think developing a high level of self-awareness and just being honest with ourselves mm-hmm. is so important because you don't have to be tough all the time okay and that's been a really really hard thing for me to learn because my default position is like oh i just want to go hard oh i just want to go hard and if i and and there's no shortage of people that will do the hard work all i'm trying to say is if you are a little more aware and sometimes honest with yourself you can actually do more with less
0: i agree great wisdom from brian mcculloch um this has been a fun day for sure you know this is the first time i actually like, hey, let's go for a ride before the podcast. And it worked out really well. Yeah. I am hooked. If you ever want a great place to come ride, Ukaipa, California oh. is where it's at.
1: Well, I mean, you just just look us up. If you're in Yucaipa, you better come here and I'll show you all the good roads. Oh, like, for sure. Can, you know I'm going to ride anyway, so I might as well ride with you. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll finish this one up. I got to say like,
0: I think you got it at the line. You're today's winner, oh. episode three of the SoCal Bike BT Podcast. Brian McCulloch, top of the podium, sprint out of the breakaway. That's how we do it. The way to do you know, I think I, I think you went early and you you went solo and you're you know, that's oh, the way I don't go. Know. Absolutely. How did know. you sprint? I don't,
1: uh, I, I don't I get really mad at me. I don't do the I don't do the hands up thing. Like, yeah. I just, you know, we just go to the line and then I, I take care if if I'm first across, I'm like, whoa, really? What that just happened? Or... <laughs> Sweet, this happened. Yes. <laughs> Leave nothing to chance. Yeah. Well thanks for your hospitality
0: today you. and everything. It's been a fun day. I wanna give a big shout out and thank you to Incycle for making this episode happen. Um, if you need, you know, quality service or you're looking for a new bike, my friends at Incycle have multiple locations in Southern California, Chino, Rancho, San Dimas, and Pasadena. Yeah. They always help me out, they always help riders out, and so that's the place I send my guys. So if you need your bike worked on, head over to your local Incycle. Brian, thank you very much. Best of luck for Elevate KHS next season. Thank you. And uh, I'm sure I'm gonna be keep bugging you with coaching advice and I'm going to make you drag me up Oak Glen a few more times because that was a good time. Good. Uh, We'll sign off this time, and uh, thanks for coming to the race today.
1: Thank you. Peace out, guys.